Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am Chris Long Gino coming to you from beautiful Greenville, South Carolina, and it is Carolina Clash Week. What a week. Uh, <clears throat> fifth stop on the National Golden Tea Tour, uh, and a lot of people coming here for it. I'm super excited for it. Um, I, I, something I'm really, really proud of is what this tournament's really turned into. And, uh, being it's its fifth year now, um, it's been, it's been great. And the future is really bright for the Carolina clash. It's really, we got a good thing going. So hopefully we'll be able to build on more and more 140 people signed up. Hopefully we get something close to that. It's going to be a great weekend. A little bit of a longer podcast here. We did, uh, say some goodbyes and said some things for the great Mark Stenmark, uh, losing him last week and just, uh, we spoke about that. Also the ball change that just happened a few weeks ago. We touched on that along with our fantasy selections and our tournament preview of the Carolina clash. So without any more here, here is, Oh, by the way, we had a special guest. Yeah. Steve Sobel sat in for Matt Van Hoosier this time. Matt couldn't make it. So here's watches Steve Sobel, Gary Sheldon, and Brian Bernhardt. All right. Taking this Sunday night, and it is the week of the fifth tournament of the National Golden Tee Tour presented by Power Event Season. And it's time to preview the tournament. Joining me as always, you know two of these guys. Well, you know all three of them. Yeah. Uh, two of them here regularly with me. We'll start the inaugural Players Charity Champion, Brian Bernhardt. Good evening, friend. Hey, good to see you again, Gino. Uh, it is cursed to Ashley Gunner, Grayson, Gina, Sheldon. It's Gary Sheldon. What's up, my brother? What's up? How you doing, man? All right, man. Good to hear from you. And filling in for Matthew Van Hoosier tonight, he is one-third of your team, one-third of the Power bending team, Steve Sobel. What's up, my man? Hello, Mr. Longino. Have you uh, tried out for to be the field goal kicker for Clemson yet? No. Uh, unfortunately, my eligibility is all used up. But uh, I, I was I was searching for a year of it, but couldn't get it. Um, so uh, I'm glad you've uh, started with something that's so painful in my life right now. Uh, just hit me right there in the gut. Um. Speaking just a of things, 29 yarder. Yeah, I know. They're all just short. Um, you know, got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we'll talk Carolina Clash, talk all kinds of golden tea stuff. Um, but we're gonna start with uh the news that kind of came out last week. I think it was I want to say Friday morning, um uh, when I had uh woken up. It was actually more towards Friday, towards lunchtime, actually. Uh, and I had seen on social media uh, that uh, our two-time world champion, the 2017, the 2019 Golden Tee world champion, Mark Stenmark, uh, had passed away. Uh, and, and by passed away, we, we, we've been open by saying, but took it, but took his own life. And uh, just such an unfortunate thing to hear. I'm uh, here. We are. A handful of days. Is it was it Friday or I guess I might. Have got it, it, it was actually Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, my days are all mixed up right now. Tuesday. Thank you, yeah. Steve. I'm sorry. No uh, Tuesday. Um, when all that came down. Um, it's been yeah since Tuesday. I'm still 
at a loss. Like I can't get my head around it. It's uh such a huge loss for so many different reasons, but um most importantly, a, a huge loss for people that are close to him, his family, um, his friends. Uh, I'll start with uh, Steve. We're in year thirteen of our uh, of the national our PEGT tour, thirteen years plus, and uh, Mark was. I mean, I think you could almost call him a charter member, right? Uh, yeah, he was there. Um... Uh, the you know when St. Louis that year I don't know if he was in Florida I think he had to have been right I mean but um I don't even know if Florida was the first tournament that year I don't forget but uh yeah he was he's there from the beginning um you know he uh kind of broke through I think his uh, skill level everybody see on the tour I remember uh, one of my first memories was watching uh, him and Andy Haas uh, playing for a dime a game. You know, and I was like, man, Mark's really stepping up, you know, playing Andy Haas. And uh, he was putting it to Andy. So, you know, he he knew he had a skill level, you know, way back then. Just everybody else didn't know it. But he wasn't shy about, uh, you know, showing it to the world. That's for sure. And it's, uh, you know, it is a huge loss for the Golden Tee community, for sure. Um, You know, it hit, hit everybody hard, I know. And it's... Uh, you know, something that, you know, a lot of people don't understand. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to miss him. You know, he sent me a lot of uh, deep thought texts throughout the years, just on different things, golden tea and not golden tea. Um, always a good person to talk to when I saw him. Uh, you know, I, I honestly actually saw his name on a scoreboard on some uh, – you know, screenshots of people put their scores up on, uh, you know, Golden Tee fan from here and there recently. And I actually even thought about texting him to see, like, hey, you know, you, you, what's the chance of you coming to Carolina? But, you know, I never did make that uh, connection with him. And uh, here we are. It's, it's it's a big loss. You remember that first Carolina clash? You remember he won that first one before you guys took it over. He, he, he was the champion of that first Carolina clash. Right. And uh, you know, it's really that's. I mean, he, I mean, he was he was the champions of lots of lots of tournaments. Yeah, so, of course, I mean, he won them all. Yeah, you know, PG events, TOC, World Championship. Uh, yeah. you know the yeah. one-off events that people have around the country. Um, yeah, you know, he, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he, he made himself available to a lot of different events to go to that. All of him weren't for financial reasons. Terms that he went to. Um, you know, he came out to a tournament we did in Arizona one time when we had a location out there. I just did like a one-day handicap uh, little tournament, and Mark came out for that to support Golden Tee. I mean, he was definitely, a, you know, an ambassador for the game and, uh, you know, uh, open to meeting new people and uh, you know, and teaching them about Golden Tee. Yeah. Brian, uh, I'm, I'm getting into Mark's – I got some stuff written down, and uh... – like before we knew like Mark as just any any part of him, like before you knew was what did we know of Houston? What like what did we remember Houston for? Like I mean players like like who Bourgeois, right? Bourgeois, yeah. Um you know Dayton, Dayton Rue, uh, Fuzzy Thurston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Piano Steve. 
Yeah, piano. That was that one's. He's he's a little difficult to call Houston. He did have a base there, but he. I remember him in Florida also. He's he's gotten around, but uh, uh, yeah, a lot of those. Anyways, there was a big big Houston base there, and uh, Bourgeois, a former national champion, Dayton Root, um, one of the premier players out there as well. Um, but that, a lot of that is what we knew for knew that for. Oh, oh, and we should mention also Sonny Tunstall or Sonny Stevenson now, uh, who uh, proclaims that he was the one that uh, brought Stenmark to the show. He's he said that on multiple occasions to me that he was uh, he brought uh, or he he taught he taught Mark everything he knows. That's what he told me one time, which I thought was kind of funny. Don't know if it's entirely true, um, but uh, I remember him telling this story uh, at the 2017 World Championship. And uh, he, he he said there after he won the World Championship, he was given a, a toast. And if any of my Grand Rapids guys are listening to this podcast, by the way, uh, make sure Jeff McClellan gets to hear this story. Um, because I want to, I want to try to make sure I say, uh, I say this correctly. And uh, because in that 2008 World Championship where we had 350 people, everybody outside of the Team USA guys and World Team guys, everybody that had qualified only had to play 50 games to get into that field. Bernhardt, you were there. Uh, do you Did you ever meet Mark Stenmark there? Did not I, know that. I, I have gone, I've gone through all kinds of players. I've asked them all the time. In 2008... All right, amongst the players, this leaderboard that had 350 players, somewhere in the 100 and something place was a guy with a 104 cycle named Mark Stenmark. All right, and you think a 104 cycle, that's pretty, that's pretty low, right? You know, for five courses for somebody of his caliber anyway. But um, had a bad qualifier. Uh, and I believe he qualified with Jeff McClellan and where uh, I believe Jeff had talked him into going to go get some pizza and Mark had really was wanting to go ahead and give up the game, wasn't really into it. Uh, and Jeff had uh, really spent some time uh, with him trying to make sure he stayed into the game. Thank God he did, I guess, um, if, if that was really the uh what helped him but he'd gone back home and then a few weeks later got back in the golden team uh and would really start making a name for himself uh in the around the 2010 2011 time at the denver open uh i want to say gosh i want to say it was one of the first ones it wasn't the one at jackson's so steve what would be the other one when jackson's what was the other one uh, um, well that, table, that was, that was table, table stakes. stakes that, was, yeah. that was before the tour. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, made it to, I think, close to a finals match or get, get got up there and uh, before he had lost to somebody. He had, uh, and then would proceed uh, once the tour started to go on and attend almost every tournament that was on tour from 2010 to 2015. And it's not just those tournaments. You can go ask uh all the northern virginia guys tom putty he slept on tom putty's couch one time uh you know while they did one of those play with a pro kind of things 
uh, go ask the Pacific Northwest people. All right, who uh, they since they've had the Pacific Northwest Open, he's been up there many times. He's won that tournament uh, a few times as well. Uh, there's people all throughout the uh, the Tornado Alley belt that are great played states that just know who Mark Denmark is, and he him just lending a branch out and just uh, or extending a branch out and just uh, being inclusive to players. And and I've been around a lot of really good players in this game for a long time, and they're not really all the time looking to maybe help better get help players get better. Um, they're wanting to, or if they're going to help somebody get better, they want them to be able to gamble with them and be able to get some money out of it. And I've seen it for a lot of years in this game. Um, and there's players like that. Mark was never that guy. At least to me, he wasn't anyway. I mean, I remember he'll, he'll sit there right before a game and just be really upfront. Does anybody want any action? All right. You don't have to, if you don't want to, it's very simple. Um, and that's where I was. Well, that's the thing I was going to – like Steve mentioned, how he was gambling with Haas for a bunch of money early on, and that's when you realize that he had that that level of play. Yeah. But towards the – you know, when he was riding off into the sunset in his career, he was that guy that wasn't looking to win a whole bunch of money. When I think about Mark Stenmark, I don't think about the guy that's trying to win money gambling. I think about the guy that's trying to grow the game and um, just trying to have a good time and um, just a huge supporter of, of the tour. You know, I mean, the, the w- w- one thing that I always remember is there was an article written on him with uh, Dusty Bend. I believe he shot a four better, like a 30 under on Dusty Bend. And IT did an article, um, and I think Mark wrote it. And the term virtual orb is something that I will credit him with, you know, forever. Talking about the golf ball and the game of Golden Tee. And when he wrote that article, I, I knew that that he was a one of a kind kind of person, just uh, as we all know how brilliant he, he was. And, and uh, just like Steve mentioned, the conversations you guys had, I, I didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to, to chat with them. We had a couple good sit down converse. Um, Worlds 2022, we played in the silver bracket uh, and I actually, um, I ended up winning our match and we didn't know. I think we talked about this in the podcast, you know, where we didn't know if he was done playing golden tier at that point. And, and I remember I, I shook his hand and I told him that you know it was a pleasure playing Golden Tee with you know at the same time that you played this game because you know to be a part of of that time was just really special and I felt really fortunate and and here he was still around the game just when he thought he was going to be done he was still around the game and uh, you know there's just so many things that we'll never know and it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean he showed up to uh, Dallas and announced you know that first year we were down there um, you know came walking in. You know, didn't tell me he was coming. You know, it was a good surprise to see. Um, you know, some other Mark Stenmark stories I can think of is, uh, uh, you know, when the Golf Channel came out to us in Houston that year to feature the tour and the Golden Tee on the Golf Channel. Uh, Matt Janella, I think is his name. He was the host of the, of the show. He pulled me aside and he said, you know, we're going to try to follow some players through the, the tournament, you know, to, you know, track the, you know, the tournament through and he goes, who should I follow? And I said, Andy Haas, Mark Stenmark is a no brainer. And mm-hmm. I didn't tell those guys that, but you know, they held up their end of the bargain. You know, they both guys, you know, played in the finals and it was amazing to watch. I always tell people this because, um, you know, the, the camera crew was literally, 
two feet from Mark and Andy as they played. You know, there was a guy standing in in the machine between the deck and the TV with a camera on them, at you know, at standing there, you know, and uh, you know, right there as these guys played a game of Golden Tee, you know, for a title and for money. And it was it was really impressive to watch those guys, uh, you know, blank that out and um, not complain about it, you know, not make a big issue out of it. They understood that it was important, uh, you know, for hopefully the game to be seen on a, you know, a major, uh, you know, channel like the golf channel and be featured, you know, this wasn't uh, some one-off deal or something, you know, I mean, it was pretty impressive to watch. Um, you know, a, a funny story I can think of. I remember uh, the NIV one year he was, playing in a one through five or two through 10 game with uh, Greg Kinsler and some guys. And uh, I think it was Friday night when the beers were flowing and Mark got drunk and he's sitting on that bench in the back room by the bar and he's kind of sulking. And Mark's like, I, I, I don't, something's wrong. Something's not right. I've never shot 18 under on Grand Canyon before. And Greg Kinsler looks at him and goes, well, you just did. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how Greg consoled him. <laughs> You know, Mark not living up to the game that he thought he should be playing, even if he was, you know, too far drunk to, you know, to have the skills to play. That was pretty yeah. funny. Um, when my, pretty sure when Mark won his uh, world championship, I think it was that year. Um, afterwards, uh, we went to the buffet at the win. It was me, him, Wes, Russ, uh, Steve Massey uh, was invited by Mark uh, to come and join us for dinner uh, at the buffet. Uh, it was you know, pretty good mix of people. Um, so yeah, that was right after Mark won. Uh, so we went over there. I think I think that's when he won his first one. I think that's what we did. So, uh, like I said, I'm gonna miss the guy. My, you know, my heart goes out to his mom. You know, I got to know his parents a little bit. Uh, you know, we say we're they're one of the few parents ever. You know, attend our events. You know, they you know they any 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 Texas event they were there. Um, his mom came out to Worlds with. Uh, some other Mark's relatives and stuff. I'm, I brought him binoculars when I was at the Orleans so they could see because everybody had to sit so far away. Um, you know, his dad was always right there up front. Um, you know, and, you know, he was real close to his dad. I reached out to him, you know, when his dad died and, uh, you know, and, um, and I said, uh, you know, I was, you know, obviously sorry to hear it. And, um, uh, you know, I said, you know, I know your dad was a big supporter of you. Obviously it was easy to see. And Mark immediately sent me a picture of his dad um, you know, like super happy and smiling. And he goes, this was my dad when I was younger in sports, um, you know, watching me in sports. He goes, uh, you know, I think that I think his dad was afflicted with some kind of uh, ailment towards the end, which kind of affected his uh, emotional response as well. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a big loss. Um, the apple does you know, not fall far from the tree. His dad was. Brutal. no. Yeah, his dad was brilliant. You know, Mark was a brilliant person. I mean, you know, everybody knows that. So, and um, I haven't announced it yet. I, you know, I talked it over with Paige and Russ. Um, I guess I'll announce it here. Um, you know, I'm having a cup made. And this was kind of a difficult, I mean, I don't want to say difficult decision because you don't want to, um, I don't know how to say this. Like, you, you don't want to, you know, quantify the loss of one person over another. And then I don't want somebody to be offended. Well, well, this person passed away. Why don't we name this after them or this, per you know, or, you know, what happens when the next great golden two player passes away or somebody that is a great part of this community or even not a great part of this community. Maybe it's just somebody that people, you know, some 
people knew, but everybody else didn't get the chance to meet. So, um, you know, I, I did, you know, have some thoughts on that, you know, but, um, you know, we're going to have a, a, a cup made with, uh, you know, the names of all the previous player of the year, top 10 winners on it, you know, we'll call it the Senmar Cup, um, you know, and then we'll have that and um, I'll give it to the person that wins each year and hopefully they'll bring it back next year, um, you know, and kind of have it kind of a, a, a rotating kind of like the Stanley Cup you know, type of situation. So, um, yeah, I'm having that made up. Awesome. Uh, so, great way to honor him right there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's good. That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you know the Golden Tees lost Golden Tee and I, I don't want to name him, and I was going to say this in Carolina, actually, but I, I don't want to name people because I know I'm going to miss somebody. But, um, you know, we've lost a lot of great people over the years, and some of them recently that um, – you know, to me personally, selfishly, we're you know closer to me than uh, some of the ones you know previously and stuff. But uh, it's it's hard. You know, it's it's definitely hard. It makes you think. As far as his uh, Golden Tee career is concerned, uh, there's a lot he needs to be credited for. Um, I I would say um, Club Lucky has a lot to thank for him. You have to understand their profile in Houston is was there a lot because of what Mark was pushing. Now, granted, if anybody knows how the system and there we could have a whole podcast on how the system of Club Lucky worked, but uh, players were <laughs> players were paid gift cards based on gameplay. All right, they'd had gift cards for players to be able to play for monthly based on gameplay. And uh, he was really pushing it through the Houston area where it, it was beneficial for a lot of players uh, to make sure they get plenty of games in per month and uh, to be able to get some kind of kickback from Club Lucky. Oh, and perhaps maybe your vendor as well. Uh, so, yeah, Club Lucky uh, has a lot uh, to credit him for. Um 18 wins on uh, the on the PEGT tour, not not including all the other ones throughout uh, the country. Uh, also, uh, which by the way, that's that's also another part of this is Andy Haas creeping up. He's got 14 of them now. Uh, Andy, uh, who's just four away, I was kind of hoping that would kind of maybe re-energize Mark a little bit. Um, he also has more second places than any other person on tour. Uh, with 10 of them as well. Um, he's one of one. There's never been another, um, never been a Mark Stenmark. There will never be another Mark Stenmark. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's really, it's a, it's a tough thing. Um, you never know where no, some, no, you never know where uh, somebody's uh, at. Matt was going to, you know, he, he wishes he could join us. He does, uh, you know, send his best to Mark's family. He wishes he could be on with us. And then, and Gary, do, do, do you have any memories with Mark over the years? I mean, you've been playing this game as long as I have. Um, granted, you're in the purple bracket a lot, but um, <laughs> any good memories? Yeah, I, I met, so I, I met him early on. Um, Richmond, I think, was the first time I played against him. But when I started, he was like just like starting his run of those twenty whatever matches in a row, and 
Um, we played in our, we played Auburn Glen. He beat me by like 12 strokes. I was just in awe of how meticulous and smart he was about the game. And to reiterate what you guys said about him helping, I remember asking him one time if we could play a game together. He was absolutely. And I've played with the likes of Andy up in Cleveland, Litzinger when he came back and played a little bit, and all you guys, right? But when you talk to the top-tier guys, they're very stingy with really walking you through their mind process, their thought process. Stenmark was just, he didn't care. Because you know why? He knew he was better than you, and he was always going to be better than you. So he could tell you anything he wanted, and you couldn't recreate what he was creating in his brain. And you mentioned Dusty Ben the other or earlier, and I remember playing against him on that, and just, I mean, his distance control and just everything he knew, I, it was it just blew me away watching him and playing against him. Um, one of the stories I remember early on, uh, Steve, you might be able to help me with the date, but it was in Chicago that bar with that real. We had to go up the steps, real thin up stairs. Yeah, that was in St. Charles. Yep, that was uh, House Pub. Probably, probably year three, uh, three or four of the tour. We had been at Gatsby's for I think three years, and then we tried to um, to move it over to, uh, you know, a, a different location. So I think that was over in St. Charles, Illinois, S- Steve Bird's place. I, I I remember walking up the steps, um, walking upstairs, and I was I was still a newbie and whatever. And uh, Stenmark looks over and he's like, "Kick ass, Gary Sheldon." I'm like, what? He goes, isn't that what your name stands for? Because before I was <laughs> before I was CAGS with multiple G's, it was just K-A-G-S for my kids. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And it was before I had another G born. But I, I'll never forget that. I think about it a, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, it's just. So, so, so at that tournament, um, the Wall Street Journal was there also doing, uh, you know, an article about Golden Tea. And uh, that was one of the first tournaments I think we had a live stream tour. Um, and um, Mark shot, a, I think there was the first 30 on a live stream at that tournament. Yeah, he shot 30 on Royal Cove. Yep, it was the first 30, I think, on, on a live stream was Mark yep. on that tournament. I remember that. I remember watching that. Hell of a tournament. Hell of a course to do that on. <laughs> but that, that took out. And then um, just, you know, me and Stenmark, I mean, we weren't best buds or anything, but I think. You know, we we talked every time we saw each other, and but when I finished runner-up a couple of years back at Carolina Clash, he was one of the first ones to text me, congratulations. Which you know, that's just the type of guy he is. He hadn't been around a little while. You just, you know, but he was still involved in the game. He was still watching the game, and and a lot of people that you feel like you're real close to, you didn't hear from, but he was probably the first or the second person that to text me after that tournament, which was kind of cool too. Um, but I, I reiterate what you guys are saying, man. It's just, it's crazy. When I saw that news and it's just unfortunate. And I just, like Steve said, it just, you just kick yourself, man. I should have called. I should have done this or I should have done that. You know, you just never know. You don't really know what what's going on with the human being until you kind of walk a mile in his shoes. And yep. uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's still a huge loss, and we're going to go through some time. We're going to remember him uh, a lot. Um, 
for for me and I and the, I would say semi selfishly, you know, for a person that's put a lot of content out there and you know people at IT like Kevin, uh, and all those guys who are uh, trying to tell the story of this uh this brand, this game that's been around for now almost thirty five years and uh, probably the most uh, dominant figure in that 35 years is not going to be around to tell his part of the story. Um, it's, uh, it's a huge loss. Um, just a huge loss. And, uh, it's going to be, a, it's, it's hard to get back. It's still hard for me to get my mind around, but, um, that being said, um, uh, great words, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Mark Stenmark, uh, you're one of one rest in peace, my friend. Um, since we've seen each other last, um, uh, we were, uh, when did I see you? We saw each, okay, so it was after Nashville, this is back in August, uh, we, group, uh, I think we kind of had heard a little bit, and we didn't really leak a whole lot of it, but we kind of heard that there could be some golf ball changes, uh, coming. Now, Adam kind of mentioned it a little bit briefly in my, uh, the podcast with me, uh, we end up learning a little bit later on that no, there was going to be some real changes happening sooner rather than later, and uh, it is now gone uh, full blown. Well, I would say full blown, but they have uh, brought back the distance on the stouts. Uh, essentially, if you want to break it down, about I mean, at your longest club, eight yards of distance, you're bringing it back. Uh, so there's about there's a healthy bit of distance between that golf ball and other golf balls, Gary. Have you changed golf balls? I did. You I did. changed. Well, I changed. <laughs> Brian's clapping for y'all. Everybody else that now understands. Welcome back, Gary. Welcome changed, back to the club. Open arms here. Yes, I changed back a week before they were going to switch it. And much like a lot of people said on Facebook, it was a lot of fun. Uh huh. It was a lot of fun. Um. After the balls came out, you're really not losing much by sticking with the stouts. You're really not. Some scablands or whatever, you hold two. I mean, but if you look at if you look at overall gameplay for the 18 holes, it still doesn't make sense to switch your ball. It doesn't. You might give up a stroke on some of those drivable holes, but it's one per. Sometimes there's that other hole, another hole. Of, I don't know all the courses and holes very well yet, but I switched. It's almost back. comparable to it's, it's comparable to like, do you go for two points, you know, or the extra point? You know, yeah. you, the percentages of the course setting up for that one hole that might be drivable, but then your chances of getting that 110 yard ace you know, with stout balls, you know, so I, I see what you're saying, Gary. That's, just, a, that's, a, that's a real good analogy. Yeah, it, it it didn't, it didn't, the the ceiling is much higher with stouts, I think. Um, You might want to, you might give up a stroke. You might give up a stroke. Let's say 60% of the time you might give up a stroke, right? But then yeah. you get into some of those 
16, 14 wins on hole 17. You know, some of those couple par threes are dicey. Yeah. I, you, you put the stout back in your bag. It's pretty, I'm, so I switched back to stouts. Oh, boo. Man. Yeah. I love you. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I really didn't. It, now, I, now, one thing I want to mention, you know, we went through talking about Mark Stenmark and how great he was for the game. He was not a fan of stouts. So one of the things that I kind of, um, I, I wish he was still around to start, in, you know, playing the game again, enjoying the, you know, the, the community playing, you know, the other balls. But, um, but that's what I heard, Gary. I heard that the distance didn't really do a whole lot. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that even though they might not have gotten it right the first time, that maybe the second or third time around they'll get it right. What do you mean second or third time around? I mean, yeah, what do you, mean? you expect? What, what do you, you, mean? you expect more changes, Brian? <laughs> keep on, what keep on mean? changing. Are you, they, they, keep, they, are, you, are you texting Kevin every day? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, no. we, we went. We want Scouts three point now. Yeah. Two point They changed. No, I, I think. I mean, going back to your pod with Adam, you know, there's a reason why they're changing it, and I think. I, I mean, I feel this way. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I think there's room for improvement in the quality assurance <laughs> department. So I don't know who's really testing these to see what the impact is. And when we're talking eight yards and like Gary said, he changed back and then he changed back, you know, cause in theory, it really just wasn't worth it. You know, you, you, there's too much of an advantage playing, you know, the, the style or the breeze or whatever. I, I will say um, I saw Jeff Lannon uh, yesterday um, and he is playing Titans. He switched back. So that's, that's one top player. He was one of the last guys to change over to Stouts, um, but he uh, he has gone back to Titans. So I, I know that it's going to end up being one of those balls that is used on certain courses. The guy, the guy they're not going to be 100% Stout or Breeze players. They're going to be 75% per se. Certain courses, they'll, they'll use some yeah. more distance balls. And that's what I'm I leaning. I, that's what I'm leaning towards too. Is is I think it's going to be. I, I, I think if they would have had this discussion. You know, I think what what do we know? The courses are designed months in advance, right? They're probably working on courses now for next year, right? Yeah. I already started. So way back in uh early 2023, maybe 2022, even, you know, Jim Z didn't know they were changing stouts by distance. So maybe then he knows it now. Maybe he'll put one hole in per course that is eight yards short. Um, you know, and it should be eight yards short. You know, he's got to put on uh a hole in there where like, you know, one of those holes where it's like the front of the facing of the green is a big cliff, you know, well, where there is that hole on, on Hollywood Hills where that's one of the okay. sometimes drivable holes. Well, no, that... I'm, I'm saying on, on, on the new courses. Oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know there's, there's several course holes, you know, in golden tooth through the years that are, you know, that are designed like that, right. Where you, you had to carry the ball. Um, so, you know, if he starts designing courses like that, yeah, then I can see the, the eight yards making a difference, but um, you know, w once I heard how they were changing them by distance and not by uh, wind effectiveness, it, it ninety six percent of the players in Golden Tee would be silly to change to any other ball and not even worry about it. And if they would get the mental block out of their head that the ball was even changed, um, you know, their scores would probably be real similar. Um, you know, I posted on Golden Tee fan. I know it's not. An exact science because you know people are learning new courses and um 
you know, people like people said, you know, Freaky Friday, the people that play that, you know, the courses change or the fastest course of the week and so forth. But out of 122 players that I surveyed over a two week period, free, you know, old stouts versus new stouts, it was one fifth of a stroke difference. And the biggest difference to me was in the in the higher skilled players. Uh, Gary, you in the Friday before stouts until now, you went from a 29.16 down to a 28.26. So do you feel like you're a stroke worst per game or is it because of the course? That was, that was strictly because I switched to Titans and struggled. And okay. struck a lot of 23s, 24s, 25s. And then I switched back to Stouts and the scores went back to where they were. Right. So like I said, I, I know my data is not perfect, but I didn't want to like put a post on Facebook telling everybody I was looking at the data because then, of course, people might, you know, play bad on purpose. To, you know, I, that's how I just think people would be. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's people like you that switched, you know, that switch balls. So, you know, they're, they're relearning a ball. Um, there's, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some players that went up a stroke in half. How can I explain that? You know, like, like, like a Dwayne Tackett. I'm just looking at his name on my list. He went from a 24.84 to a 26.46. You know, maybe he wasn't maybe maybe he wasn't playing any golden tee for two weeks prior and then started kicking it up again and uh, you know his scores increased because he was busy working or family or whatever so yeah um you know so uh, you know it's, it's not exact you know to to sit there and um uh to do it i think you'd have to take uh, you know you'd have to take you know 50 people maybe in each tier of player of golden tee um, have them play with old stouts, have them play with the new stouts, and then see how it affected them, you know, over the same courses. Uh, but it's never going to happen. So, um, you know, but uh, all the all the all the uproar on Facebook, I think, was for nothing. Um, you know, and all of all of Brian's happiness over it is gone because it's still the same, buddy. Yeah, honestly, I've never I've been around like a lot of world champions in this game, and I don't think they've ever had that sense of pride after winning a world championship than the sense of pride that Brian Bernhardt had the day they nerfed the stouts. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, he was a, a, long, a long time coming. He was ecstatic. Yeah. You know, he, I, I think he even broke the rule and texted me before eight a.m. that day. You know, to let me know that. You know, <laughs> did you hear the news? Yeah, uh, they they could have done better. You know, but um, but but hey. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think, like you were saying earlier, Steve, if they're not going to, you know, make any more changes to the golf ball, then they need to make changes to the course design. You know, make them a little bit longer. Um, you know, I, I mean, if, since we're going that route, you know, put some more obstacles in place to to remove the shush. You know, th th throw a little bunker in front of a fairway or in front of a, a green. Excuse me, just you know, but you know that's not the way the game is heading <laughs> so i have no, no clue i mean, they, they, the I mean so yeah they, yeah they, i mean they, they they used to have holes where you know there's obstacles around greens and you know bushes and so forth and you know lot, lots of putts where you you, know, you couldn't even see the see your character putting the ball right and that's that's gone it's i'll just be that get off my lawn kind of guy you know it's like i'll just keep <laughs> doing things my way and you know i'll be the the old golden tee veteran in the corner you know playing titans from you know five years ago and but hey i still love the game hey Gina. Uh, it, 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 it'll be curious to see in in carolina who you know 
you know, the, you know, how many, how many players, let's say in the main bracket are playing Titans versus how many are playing uh, the Stouts. And I think you're going to find 30 of them are going to be playing Stouts. Gary, you had a question for me. Well, I didn't. Do we have play in music for Gary's ideal corner yet? Or do, do I just go on? <laughs> no, I, I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna get there. I thought I I know I don't have playing music. I do need playing music though for uh, Gary's ideal corner. Uh, do, is this? Do, do you need to uh, throw out Gary's ideal corner right now? Well, we were talking about balls. I okay. What, I would be okay with what they did to the Stouts, and then just throw the streak spin on them, where you get. Very minimal spin, right? Um, I think that cutting it back eight yards and giving you very little spin, I think that's that would that would make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, but most players, including myself, would play streaks if it weren't for the spin. I love the distance on streaks. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's you're cutting the distance on the streak or on the stouts, right? So now you're you're having to play longer clubs in the greens, right? Because your drive is going to be shorter. You're going to get, when you need that ball to grab, you're not going to get that grab. Um, if you think of like Bonnie Moore Black, that that hole that's through that tight neck with the tall heather on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you don't have a very long tee shot there, then you're, you, you're real, it's tough to get to the green clearing the heather with your eight and a half driver, right? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you have to curve that in at all and get the distance, I mean, there's no way of holding that green, you know? I think just taking that spin off, that could be more of an equalizer along with the eight-yard um, nerf. But Brian B. approves your idea. Yeah. My idea is still charge triple. IT, charge triple for the stouts, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> They like uh, their money. Uh, first off, uh, for me, who actually I've, I've actually been around IT people in the last few weeks, uh, and that was one of the first things when Adam, when I saw Adam, he had asked me, was like, well, what, what'd you think of the news about? What'd you think about the Stouts? And I said, it, it was warranted. I mean, this has been this has been warranted, and uh, but I I told him specifically, like, I, I hope you're you keep Jim in mind with this because course course design needs to reflect the changes that you're making, the distinctions that you want to see. Uh, I think the one instance that drove the change, I mean, everybody, I believe the world championship is what we'll point to. And if everybody who saw that match between Andy Haas and Paul Luna, the one we saw in Nashville was exciting. The one we saw at the World Championship was kind of boring, which was just 72 holes. Or was it 72 or was it 54? One of the one of those two numbers of straight car golden tee. Just being around the hole, some shotties, not a lot of shotties. And uh that's where I think that's where Adam told me really clicked. Now his I think his area of motivation is he's looking at other video games as well, like the Fortnites of the world, the uh, other games that apparently they're doing the same thing and they're 
nerfing certain certain aspects of their game uh <laughs> for just to try to make it more exciting so um you know we'll see what happens over the next few months time i'm curious this, I, this close to the clash i didn't think a lot of people were going to make a change and now the jury the public jury if you will uh is kind of saying that maybe the change make making a change is not that warranted um I can think of maybe three holes, like like South Pacific number one, like nerfing the stouts. I think kind of helped that. Like you, I think there is a definite advantage of being able to hit it long distance on South Pacific number one. Scablands number two is another one. I believe Missouri has a like is it like the eleventh, twelfth, thirteen, where it's kind of a shorter par four. I called it Hollywood Hills earlier. I'm like, of course, it's mixed up. It looked pretty similar, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. where it looks like it's kind of the same, but it is down a little bit where you're hitting over the water and it's about 380 to the grain most of the time. And I've come I've, before they nerfed the stouts. I came very very close a couple times to getting on that green. So, um, yeah, no course design really needs to reflect the change and and what they're trying to do. Um, I'm I'm hoping they commit to that going into the next, I say year or so. You know, whenever you know, like I said, they're designing courses now. I imagine, and uh, you know, we'll see where they go from there. Um, yeah. So that that's the styles right now. That's going to be a, a lot talked about. Um, we're gonna uh, roll into now our tournament preview. And uh, some of our fantasy golf selections. Um, it's October, and uh, I've always loved this time of year in regards to Golden Tee, um, especially at least over the last ten years. Uh, the pre the preceding tournament to this one uh, that was at this tour stop was the NIV, and uh, one of my favorite things to do every fall was uh, go take a trip up to Richmond, Virginia. And uh, it's just as and uh, and mm -hmm. drink with Steve on Saturday night. Yeah, and drink with Steve on Saturday night. Uh, a long time ago, I used to go up there to play poker on Saturday night. Uh, it's as Paige told me one time, beautiful time of year to uh have a tournament. Uh, for this tournament, uh, where the region is, college football in full swing. Uh, ball is in the air, and it's a beautiful time of year. Uh, to have the Carolina clash, so stop. Is Golden Tee being in half swing with all the style players, or is that still in full swing? You're so great at jokes, man. I mean, just honestly, <laughs> it's the fact that we we you're not on. You don't have a stand up comedy tour spot. You know, not yet. Oh, for the Brian B. Stout podcast. Please do. <laughs> Anybody know yesterday was International Podcast Day? Oh. Well, no, I'm sorry. I missed uh, um, saying happy International Podcast Day to you. No, it's all right. The mobile guys did. They were good about it. Uh, yeah, the mobile guys, how was that working in the ring there in, in Vegas? Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. want to hear about that real quick? Yeah, we'll get to Carolina question in a second. I'll tell you all about this. Tell you all about it. It's great. Did you show him? Did you show him your wrestling moves? Uh, 
Kevin Lindsay did want to really get a little bit of after the everything was over, he really wanted to get in the ring and do some stuff. Uh, at that point, I really wasn't up for it. Uh, I took like a small what they call a bump when you you know when a when a wrestler gets thrown down or whatever, he's taking a bump on the ring, and uh, like I did a small one, and then Kevin literally just jumps up and then falls back down, and I mean like a cup of water spilled over because there was still a table on the ring and all that stuff. Uh, and Adam and Chatter just laughing at us. This place, you didn't have to sign the waiver. Yeah, Chad. Uh, so this place was out uh southeast side of the uh Harry Reid Airport in Vegas, uh, at the FSW quote unquote arena. Very very small place in a strip center, where a lot of famous wrestlers have gotten their start at. And reason why it's done there, I believe, is because it was it's free for Andy Coleman to use. He has a central. Can, camera. Wait, can, can you name two of them? What the wrestlers? Yes. Uh, currently going right now, you would know him as L.A. Knight. He was just uh, he he, he just had, I think he's with the Miz right now, fighting or something. And then uh, Solo Sequoia, who was a cousin of Roman Reigns. Uh, but they actually had banners up on the wall uh, of some of the wrestlers that used to have been in through there, and all those guys I I knew who they were. I'd seen them before. Um, so yeah, that, that was I mean, there was some legit. That being said, the place was not easy on the eyes. Uh, it was uh, there was a set of bleachers there, about five rows high and about twenty feet wide. And uh, they had desks and tables around there, and then one big table in the ring. They took the ropes off the wrestling ring and put ribbons around it. And uh, then they had an entranceway uh, where later on, if anybody wants to go back and look at that broadcast, where I did some uh, announcing or some ring announcing and some entrances for the Golden Team Mobile World Championship, which I think is more of what Andy wanted me for for this trip instead of having a headset on if you want to ask me he didn't bring this idea to me until sunday morning uh, the day of the whole thing but yeah it, it, i think that's why he kind of wanted me there for um yeah it, no it was kind of it was funny uh it was like i said it was a little small rundown wrestling room it had a little back production area where andy could do a lot of his stuff i'm sure it, i i've gone back and looked at it it's good Great at-home viewing experience, I'm sure, for a lot of people. It's the same desk I sit at at the World Championship every year, so I guess that's where he gets it from. It's the same chairs I sit at the World Championship every year. That's, the, I guess, where he gets them from. So, um, and uh, the place was a, it was a warm place, by the way, very warm. Uh, high ceiling, kind of looked like a small gymnasium a little bit too, but. I say a gymnasium if it was the size of a Wendy's or something. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but uh, anywho, uh, I'm glad it all worked out for you. No, I mean, like, I was happy to be along for the ride. I dig the game a little bit and what they play. Oh, and by the way, here's the best. Well, I would say the best part about it. They didn't have enough people. All right. So, uh, 26 are qualified. I the way uh, and they had two people bow out, but those people already had alternates for the week that they qualified. Uh, so those people were put, they had six last chance qualifying spots and two of the guys that were going to come play in it got COVID and couldn't come. So mm -hmm. 
uh, Matt Calderon, he goes by Calzone in the game. He had a friend with him, literally downloaded the game on Thursday uh, for the first time. He last Free money, chance, right? Yeah, he last, the tournament. Oh, he last chance qualified. And then they needed somebody else. And so they call in Chris Longino. Uh, and so I played uh, the Golden Team Mobile World Championship. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I was one of the last. Uh, I was uh, one of the last chance qualifiers. Um, end up, uh, God, it's so weird how they qualify, but it's all five courses. You play them at, uh, nine holes at a time. Uh, I think I averaged like eight under through nine, uh, whatever. It's basically what you average to those nine hole averages. And so qualified 31st, 32nd was the guy that was just, uh, who just downloaded the game. So, and uh, I went, I went 0-2 in the main bracket, the only bracket. So, you know, that, that reminds me, Gino, when, uh, I think when I won the PCC, I got a free entry to the PGA golf tournament in Chicago at OTOs on the old PGA, whatever, the EA Sports one. Yeah. And I think there was 31 of us there, and I'm pretty sure I qualified 31st and went 0-2 on that Sunday. Oh, yeah. Global I, I played it. I got I played in the TOC once when they were just, you could just get a pass from a vendor. Somehow Russ nabbed himself and me a pass and I went and there was 33 people, 32 made the main event and the 33rd person was sent home. I'm going to have a long How much confidence, how much confidence do you have in me? <laughs> what do you think I did? I'm going to tell uh, you 33 from now on. I got 32. 32? 32. Russ got 33. Yeah. No, Russ actually got seventh, eighth in the tournament, but uh, he actually did very well. But um, yeah, I was 33 and got $400. Prayed, uh, or 32, and I got $400. And prayed Greg Kinsler my first match on uh, Jack Rabbit, and we were tied after 13 holes because that was one of the easiest courses ever in Golden Tee history. Mm. And uh, then uh, um, I went 0 2. But yeah, it was a good weekend. I uh so yeah, went Owen to got uh two hundred dollars for my troubles in that. So uh that, and by the way, all those guys when you get paid in the Golden T Mobile, it all those guys have to have player accounts. Uh so they, they don't come a check or anything. They actually have to have a, a a arcade player account and that's what they deposited into. So uh invite sent, you know. Go ahead, have all you can eat. All you can eat. Um, it's, it's burning my hole. It's burning a hole in my player account, uh, and it's going to be used uh, some of this weekend. So, Carolina Clash Weekend, stop number five on the National Golden Tee Tour, presented by Power Events, comes to West Columbia, South Carolina, for the fifth playing of the Carolina Clash, number three on this under under the sanctioning umbrella of our National Golden Tee Tour. Uh, we're going to roll into some fantasy golf selections. I want to say, uh, first off, what a freaking field this is for a Carolina Clash, right? I thought the same thing, Gino. This has got to be the toughest field uh, to be in Carolina. And I went through all the groups, and it this is, you know, it's a crapshoot. It really is. We're going to make our picks and do well, that uh, afterwards. Yeah, I mean, we should, we should talk about it, too. we got... Um, 141 people signed up. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off there, Gina, but let's get the stats out there. Um, I got 31 for the senior event. 
So that's a good number. Uh, 32 would be a better number. Obviously, if you know how much is added brackets, for that? $1,000 added. Um, and then um, I have to look through my notes, but I think we'll take $50 out of each player. So we'll have uh, um, like a $2,600 prize pool for the senior event. So that would be uh, nice. We'll do a, um, a player auction for the seniors as well as the main uh, tournament. But yeah, we got 141. I think uh, 112, I think is a record, right, for the class, you know, attendance wise, somewhere in there. Yeah, 112. Uh, last year. Yeah, I think uh, last year we we only had 94, I think. Not only, but uh, so that's a, you know, if we get 125, 130 to play, that's a 30% increase somewhere in there, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's good, um, you know, because uh, you know, we are the greatest promoters of Golden Tea in the country. Yes, you are, and you have good, and you have great people helping you too. We do have great people helping us, and so. We're happy that uh, more people are going to come down and see the beautiful, uh, is it low country or high country? What is Columbia? All right. So we're the, the, the four regions of South Carolina. All right. The upstate, you have the Midlands, which is where the Columbia is. All right. That's the oh, Midlands. Midlands. I'm sorry. That's the Midlands of South Carolina. You go for, uh, you go further south where Charleston and Murtaugh, Murtaugh country is. That's, uh, that's the low country. Okay. All right. You go to Myrtle Beach. That's the PD. Yeah, the PD area. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, yeah. So, you're so yeah, we're excited. 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 Uh, Midlands. Midlands. Yeah, Get the, the terminology mid right. Yeah, the Midlands of South Carolina. Yeah. Um, so we're happy that uh, all these people are coming out to see it. Um, it's well, going to be a great event. First tournament on uh, PGAs. So that's exciting. Uh, we're going to have 28 machines set up. Uh, so if we get 130 people, that's five person you know somewhere around there per machine for qualifiers so that's pretty good groups of twos and threes should go pretty smoothly uh crystal and gino has committed to me to run doubles on saturday night so we will have a doubles tournament so i know everybody looks forward to that so that's good he's gonna uh, assist with that so it's great and uh you know if you haven't met the muse brothers before um, they're one of the greatest supporters of golden tea in the country and uh they and they like to show it and um Service is great at the event. Uh, their, their staff is on it. Uh, they got good food. It's a good location. Um, its location doesn't look that big from the inside, but when we put the machines in, it doesn't really feel crowded. You know, it feels good. So I like it. Um, it's way less crowded than like the NIV ever was. You know, I don't know, Brian, if you've ever been down there yet. But, uh, um, yeah, I've anyways. been down there twice. The, oh, you have? Okay, good. Brothers go, as far as the Muse Brothers goes, I want to add to this these guys travel to almost every tournament throughout the year and they don't really participate in every event as far as playing in it. They're more just kind of looking at the atmosphere, seeing how every, you know, venue does what they do and they try to bring it back home and do it better. And, you know, I'm the one thing I remember from um, a few years ago in Columbia was they had one person dedicated to cleaning tables and she worked her ass off all weekend long, making sure that the tables are cleaned and it, it showed, um, yeah, I wish I could be there this weekend. My my daughter turns sixteen a week from tomorrow, and parties on Saturday. Uh, but but Columbia is a, a great venue, and hoping to be there next year. Uh, it's yeah, you well said. Our we're we're getting to that sweet spot right there. About one forty, one fifty is you know that's where it starts getting right there. Uh, looks like the weather is going to be all right for us next weekend. 
anybody wants to check back to what the first Carolina clash, Steve Sobel can kind of give you a testimony, a testimony to that. Uh, It's a good thing. We don't have that tournament in July there. um, Just because of the heat. It looks like we're going to have a very pleasant weekend next weekend. Thursday night, Steve. Uh, what did we do? What did we settle on for Thursday night? Uh, we're going to do money shot. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I think target rush is just too much geared for the, uh, you know, the upper echelon player. And I just don't think that, um, people have fun playing that in a competitive tournament atmosphere. Um, well said. you know, if money, if, if money shot goes quickly and there are people that want to play a, a target rush tournament, certainly we will do one. Um, but, um, for now we're going to stick with money shot. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the best, um, you know, selfishly, um, I'd like to, you know, I would consider moving doubles it's Thursday night, but I don't want to be there until two in the morning on a Thursday. Um, you know, maybe that's because I'm lazy. I don't know. Well, I don't think well, I'm lazy, also, but, um, you know, you understand your crowd is not that big on the Thursday either compared to the, no, but if we, yeah, if we, if we had, if we had 40 people. And still, it would still take, it would take a good six, seven hours to get that tournament over with. So, yeah. um, my hope in the future, and I've talked to Adam about this, and um, uh, I got a lukewarm reception, but uh, you know that uh, Golden Tea brings back the nine hole courses, and I would love to do a nine hole course tournament on Thursday nights. Uh, you know, either a single or double elimination or something. Um, you know, and uh, just have uh, greater shot points as the tiebreaker, so we didn't get into twenty-seven hole marathon matches. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and we, we could even do it handicapped if it, uh, you know, if if it was deemed that you know people weren't liking it because uh, you know they felt like they didn't have a chance to compete. But you know, nine holes, I think everybody would would enjoy that. Um, you know, it's just a fun atmosphere, and we do a cheap tournament. But, um, you know, Adam said he'd look into it. They're supposed to be doing something with nine holes, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So um, for now, we're going to do money shot. So do you think do you think the numbers on the Carolina Clash is because do you think there is some trickle down from Nashville numbers being down because it was so close to Worlds? So a lot of people skipped Nashville and then picked up Carolina. No, I think. Well, I think. um, Maybe some of the indie guys coming is probably part of that because indie guys weren't in uh, Nashville, so I think that is maybe part of it. Um, but I think the the kick up is the, you know, our idea to do a senior event, and um, Gary Turkey stepping up and adding some money. So now I've got uh, thirty two seniors coming or thirty one, like I said, and there's people on this list that have never come to the Carolina class before. And I think that's it. Um, you know, we got, uh, I know I'm going to miss somebody, but uh, Glenn Boffman, James Hines, he's a, a Jacksonville player, plays in the machines there. Uh, Jim Peichel, uh Mike uh, Malasek, another Jacksonville guy. Uh, Moy, he wouldn't come unless there was a senior event. Yeah. Uh, Oliver uh, Ayala, he wouldn't come if there wasn't a senior event. Um, he's probably the favorite. Uh, Rich Carter. What's that? I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to ask everybody's ID. No offense, but everyone's going to show ID because, <laughs> um, you know, not that I don't love and trust anybody, but I don't want somebody winning that, uh, um, you know, 
you know, you know would be on the on the brink or whatever. Anyways, um, probably was spending too much time on this, but you know, Rich Carter, a Tampa guy, Steve uh, Kalashewski, uh, you know, Daniel's father. You know, he comes to some events, but I don't think he'd come to this one if it wasn't a senior event. Uh, T. A. Twig, he's coming because it's a senior event. A lot so, of Florida I mean, guys. Yeah, a lot of Florida guys, which is great because you know the Carolina guys helped made the Florida event great for us for years. Um, you know, Gino rallied the troops. You know, for those guys to come down to Florida and build that tournament up for us, and so it's good to see some uh, reciprocal support. You know, in in that aspect. So, are you playing in the senior event, Steve? No, I should, but um, number thirty-two. That could be number thirty-two. Yeah, that, that was the first thing that Chris uh, said to me too that uh, that I could play. But um, you should. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of character faults, but one of them is, uh, you know, I like to take ownership of things. So I'll be running tournaments. That's fine. You 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 got a great support system. That's all I'm saying. And you used to play in the tournaments yeah. as well. No, and I, and I fully enjoyed it. I loved the the competition of it, and I had a lot of good uh, matches in. Um, and, uh, you know, it got to meet more people that way, too. You know, uh, every time I see Mike uh, Hanley, he reminds me about me and him playing in a match. How much, you know, how he had a good time. So, yeah, I can be fun. You know, hard to believe, I know. But some of you guys have seen it. I saw, I've heard it before. You've heard it. Yeah. yeah. I saw it once. I, I do want to say that I, I think that there is a little small uptick in this attendance also uh, to help maybe increase your point situation if you have plans to go to Dallas. Uh, and I, I've looked down this list where, like an Art DeVries who's sitting at 69th, Pete Schmidt, uh, who is probably going to be in Dallas, sitting at 60th, uh, Mike Arrington in 50th, Nate Stowell, 45th, Todd Clark, 43rd, uh, all those <laughs> Gary Sheldon 53rd, Chisholm Woodson 54. Uh, all these guys uh are gonna get some extra points. Uh heading towards this. Kelly Ambrose 64. I mean, he all he was he plays in most of these anyways. Um I'm still going down the list, Durkey. Uh oh, yeah. Jamie King, Arrington. John, yeah, Jamie Arrington, John Tatura. King Callis is 81st right now with only one tournament played this year, 280. He makes a cut here and maybe wins a match or something. It catapults him right up into that mix. And by the time that Steve is – everything's getting ready. What was it going to be, Sunday, Saturday evening? Uh, and going into Sunday and match play, I think that race is going to be a pretty tight race. Uh, with a lot of players in the mix to try to get to the top 32. And guys like Al Jazz, who's sitting here in, what, 63rd, uh, maybe a Jeff Leaper, or even if you go up the list a little bit and see like uh, an Andy Fox, 37th. I mean, Andy Fox won't be able to afford to miss a cut in Dallas at all. He can't afford to if he wants to play Top Gun Player of the Year. Um, So... uh great thing about this tournament as in all the power events golden tea tournaments they all pay out the same points uh and there's a opportunity to better your position uh for the player of the year tournament in uh in over at legends in fort worth yeah what a field 
So I, I was just going through the points there, and uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people, a lot of, lot, lot to gain here. So like a Mike, yeah, Johnson, um, Mike Johnson, had, uh, yeah, there's a lot of players, yeah. and I had um, one player reach out to me, and uh, you know, he, he said in his mind he counted 43 players, and I'm sure there's more than that, um, that in their minds think when they're coming to Carolina should make the cut. That's a, that's a strong number. Yeah. And uh, um, it's, you know, like I said, it's probably much bigger than that. And as we go through the uh, um, the fantasy sheet, you know, everybody's going to see it. I mean, it, it's it's definitely the deepest field and um, we've had in Carolina and it's one of the deepest fields we've had this year. It's, uh, you know, a, a strong quality players are going to be down there. Uh, exciting, man. And, uh, and, and, and also Gary Sheldon. And yeah, <laughs> Gary Sheldon. I was not one of those 42 players yeah no no because you haven't made a cut since when what i was i made a cut the i've only played in two tournaments this year i made one and missed one. Oh, okay sorry i, I mean i didn't count worlds a, you count I worlds as two tournaments. well i was i had covid poor, poor oh. gary has to come on here and defend his resume every time i i, yeah, hate it for you, but... I don't know if you remember or if you heard yeah i tested sunday night afterwards and i had covid i I felt like a train hit me at the Worlds. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, Your gameplay showed it. Yeah, it was awful. Champion. I won Champions Adjust. Champions Adjust. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I did not. I I woke up Sunday morning and I told Gina, I was like, I don't think I can go today. Like, I didn't even want to go play matches. It was awful. Anyways. All right, here we go. Group one. The Nashville are the Music City Madness champion. Andy Haas, two-time world champion. Eddie Godfrey making his Carolina Clash debut. Evan Gossett also making his Carolina Clash debut, the 2018 world champion. Paul Anthony Luna, the 2022 Golden Team world champion. The defending world champion, Paul Taylor. And playing another his home tournament, Ryan McCook. Tonight, we will start with our guest of honor, Steve Sobel. Yeah, when I when I put this group together, um, you know, I was teetering on adding one or two other names to it, but I thought they felt fell better into group two to make that one uh, a tougher pick for people. So, um, you know, I just kept it here with uh, you know with these six. Um, <clears throat> my my pick uh, to win the Carolina Clash, and I think it will be his first PD Tour victory. It's going to be Eddie Godfrey. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about the scores he's putting up and how great he's playing. Uh, he had a great world uh, run at Worlds, um, and he's long overdue to win one of our events. Um, so I know it probably wouldn't be a lot of people's picks probably in that group, but that's, that's who I'm thinking is Eddie G. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot, of, a lot of the talk here lately is, you know, Eddie uh, being on on fire right now and just holding out a lot. Uh I'm excited to see him come play this tournament. Uh, this is this is great. Um, just uh, is Clint, was Clint Grover not on the list? No, I actually texted, I texted Clint. Um, you know, as soon as I made these uh, scouts announcement, and I said, uh, "So I guess now I'll see you in Carolina." And his response was, "I'm strongly thinking about it," and um, I haven't reached back out to nudge him 
So I'm just hoping maybe that he does like he did before and surprises us. But um, he has not told me that he's going to be there. Well, another guy that would benefit from a Carolina class just uh, for his points' sake, because he's got one finish this year. It was in the top eight, so you know he could use some <clears> help. <throat> uh, so Eddie Godfrey, uh, let's go, Gary Sheldon. Well, um, I see why you brought Steve onto the the program here, Gino, because he is so intelligent. Um, I I too picked Eddie G in Group One. Um, for a lot of the same reasons. For one, he's just downright good. For two, I wanted to kind of take a flyer. And for three, he's playing darn well right now. So um, I, too, went with Eddie in that group one. Brian Bernhardt? I have no idea who's going to win in this group. I mean, this is – there's a, a lot of these guys have something to play for. And that's the same thing that we talked about when we first started this podcast, you know? And so, um, but the name that I keep going back to and the reason I'm going to pick this person is because of what happened when he won the Florida open a few years ago. And I'll never forget, you know, I was, I was calling a bunch of matches and, and he came over and he got really emotional after his win. And he came over and I, and I talked to him about you know, why he got so emotional. He's like, my, my, my my dad's not doing good. And I was like, oh. And it was one of the most awkward moments I've had to kind of go through and have this quick interview on, on the stream. Um, and Paul Luna has played uh, under circumstances that involve a whirlwind of emotions. And with what happened to Mark, you know, Luna being his protege, um, if there's anybody that's going to want to win this tournament more than anybody else, I think that's Paul Anthony Luna. Um, uh, he's he's won several before, and uh, for his sake, I hope he does it again. Good pick, and I uh, I uh, second that. The so last year, uh, you know, everything that was happening with me last year, um, Paul has been a friend for a number of years now, a really good friend. And uh, when everything started happening last year with me, uh, Paul and if anybody's gotten to know Luna and just in his way, uh, you know, it's not really with a lot of words. He just texted me and it said, love you, bro. That's all he said, love you, bro. And, uh, and I, I told him I loved him back and just, you know, I, I knew what he, he, what he meant. He was thinking about me. And, uh, this happened last week. I had uh, I called uh, or I texted him, and I texted him the same thing he texted me, and I said, "Love you, bro." Uh, and I was a little surprised, but a half hour later, he had actually called me, and uh, we we spent about about five or ten minutes talking. And if any if anybody ever gets to know Paul, like sometimes when it comes to heartfelt stuff like that, uh, you know, big words don't come all that well with him, and. Uh, you know, we, we talked for just a little bit there, about five or 10 minutes and just, um, you know, I could tell he was still kind of in a, in a shock space at the time, but, um, I, I he feels motive. I think he, I'm almost positive. He's going to be at the tournament. He actually was having questions about it a few weeks ago. Uh, but, uh, I'm in the same place as you, Brian. Uh, I believe this will be 
Um, he wants to win not only his first Carolina clash, uh, but also would like to really have a nice positive omen uh, uh, for the guy that kind of brought him to the show. And um, so that's why I'm going with Paul Luna as well. And one thing I want to add real quick, you know, is I'll still remember when, when Luna won the world championships, there was Stemark with his lighter, lighting his lighter with a flame, pa- passing the torch. Yeah. So, uh, you know, although we're not going to be able to be around Stemark going forward, at least he was able to pass the torch over to, to Paul Luna last year. Yeah. Group two, Adam Ashley, Chris Brewer, CJ Wangler, George Von Koshenbar, Oliver Ayala, Squeaky Bob Washburn, Steve Beatty, and Stephen Cook. Fair tournament for my guy, Steve Cook. Uh, let's go with Gary Shelvin. Adam Ashley. I like seeing Adam. He only comes to Carolina, right? Uh, it, so he he was the COVID class champ. Or Richmond. He went to all the <laughs> Richmonds. Yeah. Uh, he he was the Carol he was the COVID class champ and then he I don't think he's been to one since yeah I I'd have to look that up but so he came to my clash kickoff tournament that I had about a month ago uh the I have a little kickoff tournament before this and he was there so uh yeah but he likes seeing the first look tournament that's what he likes the first look tournament yeah he's a good player um. I, I got to I got to go with Chris Brewer in group number 2. Uh yeah. Some deep That's analysis right. there, Garrett. Well, I, I figured we've been going quite a bit now and okay, yeah, we got to we need to get this going. Yeah, I think I they're all good players. I mean, I think Brewer's the cream of the crop in that group. Right. Brian Bernhardt. Yeah, I think it's funny how he's talking about how great of a player Adam Ashley is. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to pick him, though. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, two, <laughs> there's two guys in this group that I'm kind of torn between. Um, one guy that I picked a lot. And, I mean, I put a lot of money on him getting fifth, sixth place. <laughs> I mean, Chris, Chris Brewer is almost a shoe in fifth, sixth place, no matter what. Um, but I think after the things went in Nashville for this player – I think he's going to be motivated to uh, focus more and have, uh, you know, a finish closer to like what he did when he was in Las Vegas. And that guy is Steve Beatty. He's my pick for this group. I am. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who was affectionately called this tournament his favorite tournament. And I always love it when people say that. There's a few guys that are in this field, and they will tell me that this is their favorite tournament. And he's told me this before. C.J. Wingler. Uh, this is a good tournament for him uh, to be in, to get in the mix. New courses, too. I feel good about C.J. Wingler, so we're going with I that. think he belongs in group three. <laughs> we'll talk to our tournament director here and see what he thinks. Steve Sobel. Um, yeah, Brewer's a person that was uh, hesitant on putting group two. I thought maybe you could go into group one for here, but um... – uh, you know, I thought that if I put him in group one, honestly, not a lot of people would pick him. So it'd be kind of a, he'd kind of be, the, you know, dead money in group one. Um, I think in group two, he's, he's probably the favorite. Um, 
Oliver is certainly playing very well, but I think he's going to be, uh, you know, Sunday's going to be a busy day for him. He's going to be playing two uh, terms at once. Uh, you know, probably more focus on the senior event as maybe the main event. Um, you know, I put Adam Ashley here. You know, a lot of people don't know him, uh, but he's had a lot of success in tournaments. And, um, you know, part of some of the interesting thing about, you know, pulling uh, people's averages, you know, uh, uh, Adam went up almost uh, three quarters of a stroke over two weeks. So I know he's playing, you know, he's, he's playing a lot. He's getting ready for it. He's taking it seriously. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to stick on my theme of, uh, uh, you know, picking shockers in uh, groups, and I'm going to pick Adam Ashley. Uh, he's got great thumbs, which is what Golden Tee is all about these days. And uh, you can be real consistent with him. And, uh, you know, that's my pick. Well, I'm, I I would think about picking Adam um, only because he has a just a one-time history of, being on this fantasy sheet and not showing up is the reason why I'm not, and I would be concerned. Uh, Steve Cook is another one that I would be concerned that doesn't show. So that's the reason why I'm not picking them. But Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him sign up, uh, but I know him and Adam are um, friends, so maybe that's the yeah, same connection area. there. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, Steve's also a great player. Um, he used to dominate the the uh, dailies a lot. People don't know who he is. Um, you know, he was dominating before uh people like jojo and stuff so are they playing pga in north carolina or are they playing legacy do you know um i have no idea no idea that's i good. imagine the probably, probably a good question group three aiden clary brandon robinson chisholm woodson jay mcgillum james hickey michael johnston mike errington and orlando lulo Orlando Ayala, the funniest of the two O brothers. I don't know. They're both funny as hell to me. Uh, Brian Bernhardt, your turn. I just got two words for you, and it's not a first and last name. It's tighten up. <laughs> Michael Johnston, group three. Mike Johnston, huh? That's not Michael Johnson, right? Yeah, it's not Michael Johnson. Uh, <laughs> the... He's a guy that needs a good tournament too, because I think he's like further down on the points list, uh, like somewhere, almost like in a hundred. So, uh, a guy that can qualify well on Saturday just will he play good on Sunday? Uh, like a guy that would go a long way to have a great Carolina clash, and I mean, I would imagine him and Jade both are probably going to be in Fort Worth come December. So, uh, I imagine they're looking to have big time tournaments and get themselves in better position. Brandon Robinson, uh, another one of the people that are coming to the Carolina clashes, co coming to the Carolina clash yearly. Now uh, he makes a habit. He has a, uh, his girlfriend, what's her name? Um, Is it Rachel? Yeah, Rachel. Yeah. She, uh, her son lives about an hour away from Columbia. So uh, they come down and see. Him. Nice see him and that's kind of what's made him a yearly carolina clash participant uh chisholm yeah chisholm who uh is a north carolina guy uh originally and he is uh coming to play this tournament he's told he told me he really wanted to um so uh i'm going with uh another person that has called this tournament his favorite tournament uh and that's james hickey uh james hickey who Really made a splash here in his second and third Carolina Clash. 
Uh, he's made a name for himself now where he was a group six guy at one point when I first, or I'm sorry, he was a group seven guy when Steve Sobel first put him, put him on the Carolina class sheet. He's now a group three guy. He is the best, one of the best click chippers in the game. And we're going to go with James Hickey, Steve Sobel. Yeah. When I put this group together, what goes through my mind is, um, you know, who, who's going to get top 24 in the tournament. And I think all these players are, you know, uh, you know, you know, put my mind in that list. So um, Chisholm, I'm going to cross him off. Uh, he's just been in Vegas. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's not a partier, but I know he's uh, been out there and, um, you know, probably that means he's not been playing golden tee. Uh, you know, my pick in here is uh, Brandon Robinson. I know he's playing a lot. He's playing with Greg all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he's a solid player. So that brain is my pick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gary Shelton. Um, I'm going to agree with you on this group, Gino. I think James is, uh, I think something with James is, is unique that he's just keeps getting better. He just keeps getting better. Like every time I see him, every tournament, he's, mm -hmm. he's just, he just keeps improving. Uh, he's not going the up and down, you know, very much. We're going to wake up and see him with the top four one day. Like, we're, we're going to well, all of a sudden turn around and James Hickey's going to stand on the top four podium one day, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he takes it super serious. He, uh, um, Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Hickey in this group. Group four. Uh, Co-founder Chris Longino, Chris Knight, Daniel Kalaszewski, Gary Sheldon, John Pastatura, Return of Michael Radcliffe. I haven't seen him in a while. Nate Stowell playing his second Carolina Clash. And Sean Tickner quietly made every cut this year so far, except for the World Championship. He has made every cut on tour this year. Hush, hush. Nobody's talking about it yet. Um, and it, it, Actually, I'm almost coerced to pick him because I, I, if he's making all these cuts, I feel a lot more confident than him making these cuts. Gary, they're, they're picking Gary. Or or myself, really. That's really what I was going to go yeah. with. I'm not piling on Gary with you guys. Y'all stop making me do that. I'm not going to do it. Thank uh, you, Jacob. The, uh, I look at the, the uh, Dan K with a low handicap right there. This would be a good tournament for both him and his dad. If his dad played well in the senior tournament, that would be really cool. Um. I uh and I saw Chris Knight, uh Chris Knight who uh has his entry paid for. He is the winner of the Carolina Clash kickoff tournament. Uh he won the kickoff handicap tournament. Uh so I think he I he's a guy that could make the cut. I'm going Nate Stoll, who is uh pretty been on the model of consistency and uh making some cuts. Seems to be like he's in the mix a lot. Sounds like a good pick for me, Nate Stoll. So Steve Sobel. You know, like I said, like this is like the of people that you know, uh, you know top thirty-two. Um, Michael Ratcliffe, people don't know who he is. He's from Jacksonville. Uh, he's a Chris Eversall protege. Plays on our machines down there. He's playing a lot. James Hickey's going to kill me for saying this because he's tried to sneak Michael in. He wanted Michael to be in like group six or seven, but uh, I wasn't going to do it. So. Michael's a real good player. Um, you know, I remember him being Stanmark back in the NIV. 
It was also on Jackrabbit. Uh, Stemark got stuck behind that wall. I think it's like, oh, I don't know where it is. But anyway, Stemark got stuck, you know, where you had to go through that gap in the, in the wall, and he missed the gap and got stuck behind there. And um, Michael won the match. So, uh, But he's capable of winning. Um, but uh, Chris Knight, um, just so everybody knows, he's not going to show up uh, in Carolina until about 2 o'clock. Uh, him and Brittany and Chad Gaynor um, can't leave their house until later. So they're going to get there at two. So what they'll do is um, their group, uh, the first group will display the first two courses straight through. And then um, by two o'clock, Chris and uh, his group can filter in. So, um, you know, we do uh, try to help people out to make it so that they can play in events if it's uh, reasonable for them to do so. But uh, my pick in this, uh, Bracket is uh, John Tatura, um, real solid player. Uh, um, you know, he's been around Golden Tee a long time, and uh, I just think he's uh, he's a good pick in this group. Uh, Sean Tickner has a shoulder problem, so I don't know how well he's going to do this tournament. <laughs> See, I got I got the yeah uh, you know the ESPN report from all these players. Yeah, sorry. The, the injury report didn't make it on this desk. My bad. I should have mentioned <laughs> that. I was trying to throw people off the scent, but never mind. Steve Sobel wants to be honest <laughs> with everybody. Gary Sheldon, what's up? What's up? Are you going to pick yourself, if Gary? You weren't picking yourself. Yeah, if you weren't picking yourself, who are you picking? No, Steve. I, I don't make cuts anymore. Um, Welcome to the club. Yeah. You ain't got your world's pass yet. This would be a good purple bracket for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um I think I think I'm gonna go with Chris Longino in this group. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a bad pick. Wow. It's not a bad pick. It's a, it's a brave pick, I would say that. Well, you're gonna you'll make the cut, Gino. Uh, last year it didn't look I mean I don't know. Last year, I, I, yeah, last year was last year. Um, I don't know. Like, if you, like I always say, if you're doing that, you're doing it based on ability and ability alone. Yeah, you, 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 you know the game. It's a first look tournament. You've been around a long time. I like you. I, I like you wow. in this group. No, I like you in this group. I mean, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with you. You know. I feel good. All right. Thank you, Gary. All right. I hope that wins you some money. Yeah. Uh, my, my finish definitely won't. <laughs> now, uh, I, I do need to remember, and it hasn't been mentioned, but you are like the runner-up of this tournament before. You like, you know, you've had good memories at Callaway's. I've never missed a cut at Callaway's. I've never went 0-2 at Callaway's. Listen up, people. Listen I up. Have run, I have a runner-up finish in Callaway's. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I did win the first match when I had to double-dip him, so it wasn't a – it was you – know, I had a valid chance of winning that. But I, I will miss the cut and go 0-2 in the purple, so don't pick me. If you'd have won that tournament, I don't know if I could have had you on the podcast. Like, I mean, uh, we're normal, we're just normal people. I don't know if I could have like tournament winners, <laughs> like big time tournament winners. Like Brian's tournament win was so long ago that I just, you know, it's really not 
all that. Hey, just a hair over nineteen years. Come on, man. Yeah, it's you know it's been a while. It'll be twenty years this coming May. That's crazy. June. Is it June? Yeah. Okay. All right. My bad. Uh. So that's everybody. I believe. No, no Burns are uh, Bernard. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. I mean, that was really sweet what Gary said. I mean, the fact of the matter is he's picking himself in that group and he just wanted to be nice. And so he said he would pick you. I circled. Um, I circled. I circled Gino. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, the fact of the matter is, is Gino's going to be too busy making sure that everybody's having a good time that weekend. I mean, I'm sure he's got the gameplay and, he, you know, he can do it. But his priority is not playing well in the Golden Tournament. His priority is on everybody else because that's the kind of guy he is. And that's why we all love him. So, Good luck, Gino, but you're not my pick in this group. Um, it kind of between Daniel Kalazuski and Nate Stovall for me. Um, I, I just I don't know how Daniel's been playing. Uh, we know that we, well, a lot of us, especially you, Gary, um, for several tournaments, we're, we're kind of on the Daniel K train, you know, and then he just kind of plateaued. Um, Nate Stovall seems like a guy that's playing some really good golf. Ran into a buzzsaw of the mouth, you know, a five better in in Wisconsin, and took it like a like a real champ. Like, hey, you know, this what it is. Uh, so for me, uh, I'm gonna go with Nate Stowell. I think he's due to have a good tournament. Um, you know, guys in this group, you know, you got these first four groups, first five groups are guys that should make the cut. Um, I think he's a guy that can you know win a couple matches. I say, I could just say screw everybody, screw everybody in their good time. We'll play well in the Golden Tee tournament. That's what I'm going to do. No, I'm just uh, but that's not your style, man. No. Uh, well, we have a we, we've got a good group of people that's going to be working and making sure everybody's having a good time. So hopefully my my stuff will be minimum minimal. Group five. Aaron Ketchum. By the way, Aaron, I was not expecting that name on this list. Good to see him uh, down the Carolinas. David Key. Gordy Brown playing his second class. Jason Loskiabo. Jamie Arrington from the Pack Northwest making it down. Ken Callis. Look at Matt Woods. Uh, good to see him, right, from Fort Myers uh, coming up here. And Todd Clark from the Play More, Get Better. I'm sorry. Uh, pl- I'm sorry. Play More, Give Back Charity. Make sure I'm good. Thank you. Uh we will start this next round with uh, Steve Sobel. I'm going to quickly pick this one. I'm going to pick Gordy Brown. Uh, Gordy's playing some really good golf lately. Um, you know, don't be fooled by uh, Jamie Arrington's um, handicap here, being uh, almost two strokes below and, you know, two and a half, some of the players here. Um, you know, I don't know why her handicap is that low, but, uh, you know, she's been on the brink of uh, making cuts at the tournaments before. This would be a a great one for her to do it. Um, you know, she's no offense to anybody in group six, but she's not a group six person. I mean, if I put her there, almost everybody would pick her. So that's why she's in group five. But uh, Gordy Brown's my pick. That's uh, somebody I was looking at as well, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Gary Sheldon, your pick. Yeah, I, I pretty much was looking at Gordy, Jamie, and Todd in this. Uh, we spoke about Todd a little bit on the follow up. Last tournament, he had a pretty decent tournament there. Um, and um, I think I think this is the cut. This is the cut she makes. So I'm going to go with Jamie Arrington in this one. 
It'd be a good story if we come back here at the wrap up podcast and get to talk about Jamie Arrington making the cut. That'd be a really cool thing. Yeah. Brian Bernhardt. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a guy that um I think he's going to look back on his world showing and and hope he does a little better here. And maybe also how his weekend went in Nashville since he wasn't really focused on playing video golf that weekend. Um, I mean, that hasn't been really brought up between the other two guys yet, but if there's someone that, if it's, if it's not now, then when Jason Loschiavo make this cut, win a couple matches, you can do it. He's my pick. This is the version of the Brian Bernhardt call out that if not now, when, uh, as I mentioned on the last one, Jason, not on a great run right now. Uh, but it, not a lot of cuts made this year, except for. Uh, I think Florida at the beginning of the year. Other than that, it's been on the on the opposing side and playing some purple and silver brackets this year. So, uh, if he, if he could finish the year like he started it, then and hey, you know, good on him. Yeah, no, this. I mean, right now he's just twenty third in points. This tournament can go a long way in securing where he needs to be for Top Gun, and uh, that's going to be the theme I think of my pick as well because uh, I'm I'm going to roll with David Key and uh. David Key, who's capable of making any cut. He's capable of making any cut that he plays out on tour. Um, and he'll be a guy that's going to be in the mix of a contingent of Louisiana players. He told me, I believe, six of them will be sharing a house. Uh, out they went really well in Nashville. Well, it's uh, about, I think, a mile, I think a mile away from the bar. Uh, yeah. I can't monitor people when they're not at the bar. You know, <laughs> they have problems. It's just not everybody's stay can be great. I'm going David Key. David Key uh, is my pick. Uh, group six. Art, Art DeVries, Chad, Red Dirt Gainer, Danny Foreman, Danny Skurlock, sleeper for the senior tournament, by the way. Sleeper, Danny Skurlock. Uh, Evan Scanlon, first tournament of the year for him. James Kennington, Luke Sponseller, and Pete Smith coming off that, uh, what was it? The purple National bracket? Purple. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, Nastro. Yeah, he'll play the world championship. So, uh, good for Pete, uh, group six. So, this time would be Gary Sheldon. Much as it pains me, I'm going to take Luke Spawn seller in this group. I think he's the best player in the group. I really do. Um, he's a local guy, right, Gino? Semi-local, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, plays well, plays a lot. He's been doing better. I think he made uh, the last cut he played in, or maybe the one before. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I think Luke I think Luke makes a cut in this in this tournament here. So Luke has uh just a couple tournaments he plays. It's uh really it's Nashville and Carolina, uh yeah. or what what used to be Cincinnati and Carolina is now Nashville, Carolina. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, Luke's a good pick if he was playing on his own machine. Um, I like the guy, but if he didn't have a good track ball, his weekend shot. Um, Ouch. in this group, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with someone that's. Been successful in Carolina. 
uh, someone that might not have been on the gold bracket, but uh, they know how to win in matches. So, um, you know, this is that group to where it's like, is there someone that can surprise you and make the cut? You know, yeah, the guys in this group, you know, majority will probably be in the purple bracket and, and do pretty well. Um, but I think Evan Scanlon is going to jump onto the the main bracket side and and win himself a match or two. He's my pick. Oh, wow, that's I think that's a little bit of a reach. I haven't played a tournament this year yet, so I'm I'm curious what what version of Evan we're going to see and uh, how. He won purple in last year, right? Year before last, yeah. yeah. Year before last, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what uh, we get from him. Um, that's not. Gary, your assessment assessment is spot on, just about. Um, it's just making sure he puts it all together. Now that being said, this clash is the deepest clash field he's played in. Uh, so I, if he doesn't make this cut, I could I could see him having to navigate a purple bracket and doing well too. So I'm I'm torn between him, Pete Schmidt, and. Art, just because Art could also help his Dallas position out a little bit by having a good Carolina clash. Uh, but I think I'm gonna stick uh, stick with uh, Gary's. Uh, this I'm gonna do the Steve Silva thing. It's Gary's boy. It's Gary's boy, Luke Bonseller. <laughs> there you go. You know he is a he is a Cincinnati kid. He's a Cincinnati guy. Uh, I partially love him. I we have a very complicated relationship, but I I a lot I know where his heart's at most of the time, and it's normally good. The other part, it's you know I I could do without, but um, he's a good player in general. Like uh, of all, all the guys around here in the upstate of South Carolina, he's the one that's you know given me the biggest push. You know, he, he's a solid player. Uh, Steve Sobel. Um, I just want to make a quick word about uh, Art DeVries. Uh, we sold a machine to uh, a player at the Nashville event um, outside Atlanta. And um, when the guy got the machine, um, I think in moving it in a truck uh, in the rain um, affected the uh, motherboard. Um, I texted Art and he was on it. He went to the guy's house three times, um, replaced the motherboard for him. And uh, I really do appreciate it. It just shows how great this community is. Um, you know, there was no hesitation. There was no, uh, what are you going to do for me? Um, you know, about it. It was, it was a really great act by art. And um, uh, it really meant a lot to me. Uh, everybody should have a conversation with Chad Gaynor this weekend. <laughs> the guy's a cartoon character. I'm, I'm going to ask Chad to, to, to be my friend this weekend. I think I need a friend like Chad. Um, I might never understand him. Maybe by text, I can probably understand him better by him talking to me. Uh, but he's he's a great person. Uh, but my pick here is uh, James Kennington. Hasn't played in the tournament in a while. Uh, he had uh, pretty good success in the, the NIV over the years. Uh, he's a, a buck, buck hunter champion. I don't think he's ever won the national title, but he's done really well in it. He's won the so, best of all time. Uh, best of all time. So uh, oh, you know, competition doesn't doesn't scare him. You know, he's comfortable in the atmosphere. Um, he's been posting more on Golden Tee fans, so I know that he's, uh, you know, I would think he's playing more Golden Tee than he has been in the past. So, uh, James is my pick. Well, uh, I didn't expect that one. I hear you. 
Also, I haven't seen James play in a tournament since the NIV. I think the last NIV is probably his last tournament he played in. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Like I said, he's come to a tournament, so for sure. Uh, group seven. Big big Benji Russell, big Ben Russell, Derek Montgomery, Glenn Bauman, Jeremy Olson, Jody Palmer, Paul Same, Rich Carter, and Russ Layton. Brian Bernhardt. Question for you, Gino. All right, let's hear it. How much is Derek Montgomery playing? Well, he uh, he didn't make the. Um... Did he make the handicap? Event yeah. that you had? No, he didn't make it down. Apparently, he was too hungover to come down. Um, okay, never mind. I, I won't pick him. It's all good. Um, no, well, I, I, <laughs> I do know he is playing though. I do know that. Is he? Yeah, he is playing a little bit. This, you know, I mean, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but I mean, we talked about how the field is is tough this year. I mean, we make it seem like easy, and you know, this is all crapshoot as far as you know, getting this right or wrong. But the bottom half the here, these groups five through eight, the there's no easy pick here. There's a lot of solid players and it, it really could be anybody that went to any of these groups. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that's no stranger to the game, no stranger to tournaments and the competition been playing for could be 20 years, could be 15, could be 25, but the Glenn Bowman, he's been around a long time. He's been Boffman. competing for a long time. Bowman. Thank you, Steve. Boffman. 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 Yeah. Boffman. Glenn Boffman is my Thank pick. Thank you. That old stretch. Um, I can't pick Ben Russell. Just not going to do it. I mean, and by the way, what a promotion! I know it's the rare Ben's not in Group Eight. I mean, I guess this is the clash, so he's uh gets a promotion. A lot of guys I like seeing here. Um, I can see somebody like Jody Palmer making a cut. You know, he he, he can sneak in there from time to time. Uh, Rich Carter made a cut one time at, or came close, I think, at the Florida Open one time. No, he won it. Yeah, he, he's been yeah, there. Yeah, he made the cut. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, he's uh done well. I am uh, I am going to go with Der Jody Palmer. No, we're, we're gonna stick with Jody Palmer. I was gonna go with Derek, but I don't. I just don't know how much he's playing, how well he's playing. And I mean, his interest could be torn away by you know somebody that's five foot four, blonde hair, one hundred and fifteen pounds. So I mean, it's you know, it could be distracted by that. Jody, Jody's there to play golden tee. So, uh, Steve Sobel. Um, well, first of all, the reason why Ben Russell's not in Group Eight is because you told me Group Eight should be all Carolina players. I said so a group, did. a group. I didn't, I didn't specifically. What say did you want a. me? Did okay. Well, what group would those players go in? Three, uh, group seven, and then I can give you about eight players that have like teen handicaps, like are in their teens or low twenties. Like we can get a little. Yeah, high. yeah. It's um, I don't put the lower handicaps in so much because it's harder for me to find them on the brackets. So it's uh, yeah. it's easier when uh, I put upper handicap players in. So if you want to be on the sheet. Uh, play more, get better. Um, my pick in that group would be Jody Palmer. I think he's the most accomplished player in the group. Um, you know, he's made cuts before. Uh, you know, probably, probably more cuts made by Jody than um, anybody else in that group. So um, he's my pick. 
Uh, Jody's been around for a long time too. He's he's got skills. He's a good player. Uh, high handicap for Paul Same. So I'm curious how well he's playing right now. Gary Shelton. Yeah, I think um, uh, it was between. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Derek Montgomery. I mean, right away, I usually take Russ in these lower groups because I know he's going to make purple and he's going to win a couple matches. But I actually think Derek has the capability of making this cut. Um, so does Jody as well. But I think I'm going to roll the dice on Derek here. Not lost or forgotten. Russ Layton was the 32 seed last year at the Carolina Clash. That did happen, so. Not a stranger to making cuts in the Carolina Clash. Or anywhere. I mean, Russ, look, contrary to popular belief, Russ actually is decent at Golden Tee. He just doesn't play a lot of it. Well, he hasn't. You know he hasn't played these courses yet. Uh, No, actually, you you say that right now, but he just texted me right here. He's at Redbirds right now, and he's playing the new courses. He just texted me that, Gary. He is sleeping. Oh, is he sleeping? (laughs) Okay. right. My bad. Uh, this text is from oh, this text is from Ross Layton. My bad. <laughs> um, Gary was the last one, right? So, it's time for Group Eight. Group Eight, I had requested uh, from Steve uh, that I wanted an all Carolina group. All right, I didn't exactly say a Group Eight, but I said for, I wanted an all Carolina group, and uh, we came down to these uh, eight names right here. Seven of them from South Carolina, one of them from North Carolina. Andy Baker, Brad Tuttle, Danny Coker, Daryl Rayner, Gary Durkee, Dr. John Lukowski, Band Dog, Mike Hanley, and Sergeant Will Branham of the West Columbia Police Department. Now, uh, I believe it will be my turn. And uh, Brian, I'm sure you know every single one of these names, don't you? you heard them all, haven't you? <laughs> uh, I do know a couple of them, but yeah. Um, uh, I could tell you uh what's going on with a lot of them. Uh, Andy Baker has played full wind since full wind was, you know, normal. He's never gone to the Stouts. Uh, he's always I think he played with Maniacs. I don't know what he plays with now. Uh, my pick. <laughs> it's uh, Brad Tuttle finished uh four, third or fourth in the uh, Carolina Clash kickoff tournament. Uh, made a cut at the COVID version of the Carolina Clash. Danny Coker is a Chris Longino protege and has been uh, the top graduate from the Chris Longino school. It doesn't take a lot to graduate from that school, though. So, uh, But he plays with me and also a good friend. Daryl Rayner uh, made the world championship just a little while ago. Um, Gary Durkee, high sponsor of this event. And then three Columbia guys. I'm going with Brad Tuttle. Yeah, I'm going with Brad Tuttle. Uh, Brad Tuttle is good enough to actually make this cut, and I'm um, I'm I think I'm I'm going to roll with that one. Steve Sobel. Um, uh, yeah, Brad was also going to be my pick. Just off memory, I just tried to think about uh, people that have come up and uh, tell me they win matches. Uh, Brad immediately comes to mind. Um, you know, Turkey is the high handicap here. He had a big jump in his handicap recently. Um, He's playing a lot. Playing a lot. That's what um, he said. Yeah. He actually, you know, he 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 won some matches in Nashville. He had a little little run going. Um, had a, uh, a good qualifier until the last course. He kind of faltered. Um, I mean, he's he's not a bad pick. Uh, he he is playing better. Uh, but 
uh, I'm going to go with Brad. Brad Tuttle, 31st qualifier last year. He made the cut at the Carolina Clash. Gary Sheldon. Um, Brad was going to be my pick, but I'm not going to take him. I, I, I Gary has been playing a lot, and I actually um, am excited to see him possibly do well in this tournament. But I am solely basing my pick on the wonderful player rating system given to us by the PEGT Tour website. We're going to go with John, how do you say it, Lukowski? Yes, Dr. John Lukowski. He is rated number 237 on the PEGT Tour website. A full 600 points better than any of the other players in this group. What, what, what kind of doctor is, is, is Jane? A physical therapist of some kind, I think, or something like that. Okay. A doctor of physical therapy. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, John, uh, I remember the year John played uh, Kevin Lindsay for the funnels in the purple bracket of the Florida Open, and the winner got a tablet, like an iPad tablet or something. Steve, please tell me you remember that. I do remember that. I remember everything. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he... Uh, but that John, was, I think, I think it was Chad Hart who donated the tablet. Oh, yeah? And uh, he played... Uh, Played in the purple bracket finals there. He's actually I I never met I didn't meet John through uh or in 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 Columbia. I met John from the tour because he would go Florida Open, he would go to Richmond, and uh him and other guys, Steve Laskowski, Ken Godley, all those guys uh came to the tour events, and he's a solid player, another guy that's played with full wind uh also and has not steered away from full wind. Is it Gary's turn or I'll, I'll go no, well, that's Gary. Gary that's a Gary's yeah. turn, he walks away, but uh no, 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 Gary, John. Gary, he picked John. He picked John. He picked John. John. Sorry, no, that's right, Steve. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. You can't remember it, 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 30 seconds ago. I know it's really <laughs> I, I I was listening to you talk and then go ahead. It's good to hear a couple of full win players on there. Um, but I'm gonna go with the my the person that I initially thought of when I saw this group, this is a guy that, like you said, Steve, you remember people when they come to the table, when they win tournaments, when I was in Carolina running a doubles tournament, this guy came to the table a few times um, on the doubles tournament that Saturday night. And this, this guy is Brad Tuttle. He's my pick. Brad Tuttle. So I think Solid we've influenced player. this group pretty well. So if you decide to go away from it and you hit, that means, uh, it could work for you. Those are our fantasy selections. Uh, let's just get a recap of what everything we got going on this weekend. Gary Sheldon, tell me where our ultra shot par uh, par four contest, ultra shot contest. What is it? It's just ultra hole in one from a T. Ultra uh, hole in one from a T. Yep. Current pot is six hundred and ten dollars. Um, I would like well, that. To... Might, that but that might entice me to come out of my retirement. <laughs> Um, I still struggle getting people in it. I feel like I'm almost having to to beg them. So I don't. Well, know. Have you tried but, posting on Facebook to remind people? Um, I that's I don't have the marketing mind of yours, Steve. So maybe I will. I will try that out. 
Well, that's Steve collected when he's collecting money at the tournament. Well, no, I actually we're we're gonna get to that because there, we got a lot we're selling at this tournament. So, uh, as far as you know, not just him, but also Tim Boyer, he'll probably do a guess the cut contest. I got a couple things out there right now, um, and obviously we're gonna be doing some fundraising for uh, Mark Stenmark. So, um, we'll make sure we get it all organized and make sure Steve can get it out there. But and uh, but I, I do want to mention some of it, what's going on, but. Six hundred and how much? How many? Six hundred fifteen dollars. Six hundred ten dollars. Uh, real quick, it's five dollars to get in it. If you get a hole in one ultra off the tee, you get seventy five percent of the pot. Twenty five percent carries over the next tournament because it just keeps it rolling. Um, it has been hit. It hasn't been hit the last two tournaments. Um, so yeah, you just find me, give me five bucks. You're eligible for all of the pot. You don't have to have been in it before. So we'll try to get some people out there. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get a couple people on that, and we'll try to get some. Make sure some people know. Uh, yeah, when Steve and I first started talking about this, we were kind of discussing because he was talking about pool, the break and run thing, or whatever. And yeah, we, we thought it would get over a thousand dollars pretty quick, and it just really hasn't. Um, yeah, but it keeps getting hit too. So, anyways. Um, Tim Boyer, uh, will be around. I imagine typically he does a guess the cut line competition, uh, $20 a person. Uh, basically you try to guess what the cut is and the great shot point number, uh, will be the tiebreaker. If you're the one that's closest, uh, you'll get the pot or he may break it down into who are the two closest and they'll get the pot. Uh, we typically get a bunch of people in on that. Uh, Steve, you said we have a 50 50 going for uh, Mark and his cost right now. Um, yeah, it's one of the ideas I came up with. I mean, it was pretty basic and simple, but you know, we yeah. can certainly put that together, get that going. Okay, so um, um, the uh, this the uh, Bucky shirts with the teardrop that um, I know they were wearing down there in uh, Houston at uh, Jake's the other night. Um, I've been uh, talking with uh, Rachel, which is uh, Paul Luna's girlfriend and um, some other people. And we're probably going to have those shirts, but we don't, we won't have them in time for uh, Carolina. Um, but just so people know, we're going to um, have those shirts. We're going to sell them. Um, I had to finalize it with uh, Rachel and what she wants to do, but um most likely sell them through the PMGB charity. So the cost of the shirt would be taken out and then 100% of the rest of the money would go to uh, Mark's family to try to offset some of the costs for funerals and whatnot. You know, just, it's not cheap. Um, so that's something we're gonna have going on after the clash, but uh, I won't have the t-shirts in time for the clash. So uh, if people want them, uh, take some organization but uh i'll be mailing them out and then i'll have them probably in dallas as well uh also i want to make some people aware we're going to get out of here really soon but we got a uh i've uh, we got two things going on uh i had come up with this we were going to do a uh, uh we got squares uh now i have to keep this i mean i'll, I'll say it on the podcast because i don't think the south carolina law enforcement division is listening to my po uh podcast but 
uh, we do have squares available for it was going to be for the play more give back charity. Uh, I imagine this may go towards uh, some of the stem mark stuff, but we have squares available for $20 a piece. Uh, it will uh, be a 50, 50 thing. Half of it will go uh, towards uh, the play more give back charity, which should equal a thousand dollars. So $20 a square, two fifty a quarter, all the way until the final uh, score. And then uh, with obviously Steve's approval, if he's okay with this, I made a second one out. Oh, uh, by the way, there's squares for the, uh, in honor of, and I was doing this for Todd Clark for the, uh, but it's the Eagles Patriots game. So everybody will keep a lookout of that. Uh, we'll have a lot of TVs. You'll see a lot of football going on. These will just be available for people at the Carolina Clash. Um, and also we have another board going that will be for the Carolina Panther. I think the uh, Carolina Panther LA Ram game, uh, this week where, uh, it is $20 a person, uh, where $400 a quarter and the final score. And then we're actually going to donate $400 of that pot to the pink bracket and give them a little bit extra juice. Obviously if Steve's okay with it, I certainly hope he is. Carolina uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Lions is what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh so we we wanna... um, just, and just so the world knows, I'm I'm real comfortable with people uh running um side events at our tournaments just as long as you come to us first, you know, and uh and ask me about it. And um if you do anything charity wise um for uh you know for people, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna to believe that um you know, if you say 100% of the money or 50% of the money, whatever is going to charity, it all gets there. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, someone to say, well, uh, you know, I had to pay for this or do for that or this cost for this. You know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I'm, I'm very black and white when it comes with money, um, especially with uh, charity money. Um, I've been put in some awkward positions with it. And then beyond that, too. Um, uh, this weekend, uh, myself personally, I'll be running uh, three events on Sunday plus the senior event. So that's four tournaments at once. So if you uh, step up and want to do something, uh, I'll be my blunt self. Do it. You know, don't have an idea and then leave it for me. Um, that's been uh, uh, put off of me before with these charity events. Um, uh, people say they wanted uh to do the this or that different thing, and then they show up with it, basically, literally drop it off on my uh, tournament desk and and left, and yeah. uh, that doesn't hold water with me either. So um, I'm all about charity, and I and I do what I can when I can. But uh, a tournament weekend for me, I, I just physically don't have the time. So uh, it's great that people want to help out and help others, but um, if you know if you say you're going to do it, then let's just do it. Well, all that being said. Well... Like that, we got the thousand. Like so we'll have a thousand dollars going towards the play more give back uh, charity, and then we, I, I, in the vein of, we wanted to give a little bit of extra juice into the pink bracket, and I, I see a lot of people at a lot of tournaments, and I've done this for a, you know a while, and knowing there's a lot of people that come to these tournaments that never walk away with a penny, uh, and never walk away with a whole lot. Uh, with so, running these things like some squares and also trying to give a little extra money to the pink bracket. We want to make sure we can present a little opportunity and a little bit more 
a little bit better opportunity to win a little bit of cash, whether it be just through a little little game or uh, whether it be through playing well in a pink bracket or something like that. You know, want to give something to the not not just the best players here, but just uh, all the all the players that come out. So uh, Callaway's will be open super early and uh, excited to have this tournament kick off. So uh, that's all I have for tonight, guys. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. Yep, have a good tournament, guys.